0: well hey everyone welcome to another episode of revelation wellness podcast everyone well, my name's elisa keaton let me always i can't just assume everyone knows who i am so if i'm new to you thank you thank you for hanging out today and you picked a good day to start listening to the revelation wellness podcast today i get to bring you a guest that honestly we have been waiting asking, praying, waiting, asking, praying to get on the show, mostly because you guys have requested her presence. You're like, have we got to get her on the show? So today we bring to you Dr. Caroline Leaf. Oh, you guys, I'm still smiling on the inside. I have adrenaline running through me. I could just, I just want to, um, applaud what God is doing with this knowledge that she's bringing as a Christian herself as a lover of god and as a neuroscience i would say what she does for believers uh, speaking into christian and faith communities about the importance of their minds uh, that's how we feel here about the the usefulness of your body This is a body-mind connection, a body-brain-mind connection thing that we're doing as we embody the gospel. So Caroline Leave is going to share with you the message of her latest book called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Come on, can I, come on, what, who doesn't need some of this? We all need this. Everyone who's breathing and has a brain or with the mind, and she's going to talk a little bit about that, the difference between the brain and the mind. We all need this message so we are popping this in for you today um the book just came out this week go get it swipe up on the show notes go get the book because this is a book that is relevant to what we're doing with revving the words and applying the knowledge of scripture but we've talked about today. We talk about the difference between mindfulness and management. We talk about the importance of story. We talk about the importance of neurocycling and having a a process that you are able to take your thoughts captive and not just captive, but put them on trial. You're going to love this, this conversation. I mean, Dr. Caroline leaf is like, you just ask a question, let her go. You're about to get schooled in the best of ways. So I thank you for listening today. I thank our partners, our donors on mission with us as we use fitness, wellness as a tool to bring hope on the earth. Thank you for that. Thank you for how you make this podcast possible. Okay, go get the book. Let's talk back in the community page, our Facebook community page. You're all welcome back there um, with all the things that we're doing to not just talk about our faith, but do this transformational work of faith on the earth love you guys talk soon peace revelation wellness community the day has come you have actually as a community have said have you had caroline leaf on you have you had dr caroline leaf we got to get oh. you to talk to caroline leaf. you guys today is the day i wish you had confetti and all the noise
1: oh thank you well um, i've got some i've got some balloons you do there. you do I know. and cake and everything because we launched for our book yesterday and i was telling you that we, just before that my kids came i was doing an instagram live and with this like celebration party with my eldest daughter who works for uh, three of my kids work for me and she's also a mixologist so we were doing a she'd, she'd created a blue and yellow cocktail to match my book oh my gosh, so non-alcoholic weird. and alcoholic and so she was teaching me how to make this and I was making this and as I did this the all the family came in with balloons and they'd had a special cake made with all the colors and brains on it and they had these little cookies made with the, the book. oh my god I mean and brains and look at and even the flowers. So I thought I have to put this in my studio today so everyone can see. So yeah, we, we're super excited because this really is such an important topic. And isn't it? Thank you for recognizing that and I appreciate it. So
0: oh man. Okay. This is you guys heard latest book. It is out right now. Um we are turning this podcast around fast for you all so that you get it this week. Cleaning up your mental mess. Five simple scientifically proven steps to reduce anxiety, stress, and toxic thinking. This book, never before in the history of time, of everything going on on the earth, could we use a book like this? Um, This is your what? Your sixth book? How many books is this?
1: Number 19. It's the 19th book. (laughs)
0: I went and Googled today how many books and I think I, I was like, well, I can, can for sure it's six, but I think I that's, with,
1: that's with my current publisher. Then I have my other publishers in mm-hmm. South Africa and I've been going for 38 years. I've written a lot of books.
0: Okay. So <laughs> let's jump in. Why this book, all the messages you've written, What what is the burning burden about this book for you?
1: The burning burden—that's a great question—is um, is basically that all of us have a mind, and if we don't understand our mind, our mind drives everything. Our mind is basically our aliveness. The difference between you and me and the listeners and viewers being alive and a dead person is our mind, yeah. and our mind drives everything about our physical functioning, um, our brain and our body. Everything about us is driven by our mind. So if we don't understand what mind is and we don't know how to manage it, our minds will be a mess, which means our life will be a mess. Which means no matter how many great books you read and how many workouts we do it's we're just not going to get the same benefit and to just like uh, I mean I've come from a whole clinical background and we can talk about that but just to relate it to your particular world that you move in and people mm-hmm. recognize you for which is physical wellness which is mm-hmm. so 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 important I do fasted workouts every day I do the hot yoga I do the orange theory mm-hmm. and just the other day my husband and I were at the gym doing our early workout and one of the people called like said hi Mac and Caroline oh yeah I see you here to get your workout over and done with and my reaction to that and i use this example because it really hit me about how people misunderstand mind because if i went into that workout thinking oh i'm just going to get it over and done with i would my mindset would have affected how my body would respond to that workout so i would have reduced the benefit of by that workout by up to 80 percent with that oh. attitude so if my mind was wrong i could be doing the great fasted workout because i always do fasted workouts and that's so good for your body but they're not enough if your mind's not right yeah. you can you can eat the greatest, and I write books about food, and I and I talk about exercise too and everything because you've got to look after your brain and your body. Right. But if your mind is not right, you will lose 80% of the benefit of the food as well. Here's my little model of the body, which we can, I've got lots yes. of props. So These that's critical. Props. So and also then in this current day and age, the other main burning burden of writing this book is the narrative currently today of mental health is one of, anxiety and depression or mental illnesses.
0: Yeah.
1: And that started 40 years ago. I've been in the field for nearly 40 years. And I watched, as we learned more about neuroscience, I watched us move from seeing the whole person in context and understanding that the mind is not the brain. The mm. mind is separate from the brain. The mm. mind controls the brain. The brain and body respond to the mind. We move from that narrative to the narrative of you are your brain. And everything's a neurobiological brain disease. And if you feel anxiety or depression, it's a chemical imbalance and you need a drug to fix it and never mm. mind what you've gone through never mind that maybe you were raped or abused or you you're in COVID and you're isolated or you've lost all your money or you've you know you've lost loved ones or you you know and we're just dealing with this global pandemic so this whole concept of of, of mental health being an illness is wrong unscientific yeah. and just pre-COVID with that this philosophy had started hitting very wobbly ground and not many people talk about this and I've actually put it in my book but the federal data have been doing a, a federal that there's been federal data. There's been a massive study that's been going on since the mid '90s because they noticed a very scary trend, and that trend was that with all the advances in medicine and technology, instead of us, which has led to people living longer for decades, suddenly that trend started reversing. So no longer are people living longer that people are actually dying eight to 25 years younger from preventable life diseases. In other words, mind Mm -hmm. management. If Mm -hmm. you don't manage your mind, you're not going to eat properly. You're not going to exercise properly. You're not going to manage Mm -hmm. technology properly. You're not going to deal with the day-to-day stuff of life properly. And when we mismanage our minds, we create environments that are vulnerable to disease by, you increase your vulnerability to disease by 75% to 98%. So that's the other reason I wrote this book is to, that narrative is wrong. That's unscientific. It's created this, It's we have science showing that that narrative is wrong. We've yeah. got to stop telling people we've got to recognize that anxiety and depression are massive and huge and everyone battles with them. Yes. And they, and it's not just one in four with depression. 100% of people battle with depression, anxiety, worry, um, frustration, toxic thoughts, because we're human. It's a new, normal human response to adverse circumstances. The key is that if we say a recognize that it's that it's a normal response and then we can learn to manage it the current narrative mm. says it's an illness and there's nothing you can do except take medication and mm. maybe go for some therapy but you've got to kind of band-aid put a band-aid on the wound mm. and that's not that's that's not working it's it's basically causing people to die younger so mm. that's the other burning burden of why I wrote the book is to challenge that narrative.
0: Man, you talk about in the book, the difference between mindfulness and management. So, uh, you know, awareness and mindfulness, we talk a lot about in wellness world, I mean, yeah, about yeah. mindfulness, but management, tell us more about that. You Put yeah, that love in it. context
1: Absolutely. for that good question so insightful thank you for asking that question and it's really good catch that okay so mindfulness as you say is so spoken about when we talk about mindfulness we're talking about awareness of how we're thinking in the moment there's just a little bit of a problem there and that's that our mind never only thinks in the now our mind is Mm. is our aliveness and mind is how we think feel and choose and we'll go into a little bit more of the the description in a moment but just to keep you around your question mind is or is how we think feel and choose and when we when we use our mind, we are think, feeling, and choosing and building a thought. And a thought is a real thing. And thoughts, we've been doing that since we were at a certain point in the womb. So, whatever age you're at today, I'm 57. So, for 57 years, I've been thinking, feeling, and choosing in response to every experience and building that into my brain and into my mind and into my body, three places. Wow, and, yeah. that, and that means I have this massive forests in my non conscious mind that are influencing how I function. So, that means that. All this mind stuff is influencing how we function, and that's the past, present, and the future. So we can never just be ma- stay in the now. We mm. spend three, three. We spend up to three quarters of our day moving through the forest of our mind, present, past, and future. Mm. So, and in fact, it's more. It's more than three quarters of our day. So mindfulness is an excellent technique. It's a deliberate technique that 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 forces you to start the self regulation process because mm-hmm. the only way you can manage your mind is through. Self regulation. Mm-hmm. So mindfulness is like like the bra- brain preparation. It kind of prepares you and right. and, and kind of uh, uh, kind of launches you into brain preparation. Exactly. I mean into self regulation. Mm-hmm. Self regulation is bringing. All thoughts into captivity, not just yeah. some thoughts and renewing the mind. So, we throw those, people throw those scriptures out, but they don't know how to do them. So, I've worked out the science of how to do this over 38 years, initially applying it very clinically with traumatic brain injury and Alzheimer's, learning disability, trauma, et cetera. And then over the years, applied that into all different contexts, education, day to day, et cetera. And this book is now for everyone who's a number 19 book, and it's there for everyone with a mind, which is everyone. everyone, whatever age, we should teach our kids this from. They, my youngest patient was two and three. My kids have learned this from when they were in the, in the when they were infants, two and three years of age. And as I've developed the technique, so they've been exposed to the advances. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we've got to manage our minds constantly, in, and 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 mindfulness kind of kickstarts the process. So mindfulness mm-hmm. falls into what I would call brain preparation. So I'm going to hold up a brain, mm-hmm. just in a skull. So we've got to prepare the brain. But if you dead, your brain does nothing. Your mm-hmm. brain only does, it only changes, which is neuroplasticity. You talk mm-hmm. about neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I did some of the first re- research in neuroplasticity back in the late 80s in my mm-hmm. field. Oh my and God. at the, at the time when people said the brain couldn't change, and I questioned yeah. that, and I thought... I've, okay. I've, I did a TED talk on that, if anyone wants to see, about the ridiculous question, which is, does the mind change the brain? Um, So basically, the mindfulness prepares the brain. So things like mindfulness will get you, is a forced deliberate mind action to bring you aware of the moment. And as soon as you're aware of the moment, you can then stand back and observe your own thinking, feeling, and choosing. But you can't just observe. And I show this in my clinical trials, which in the first first part of the book, I put a summary of my most recent set of clinical trials. And I show that if you just create create awareness, but you don't manage it, you're going to get worse. And that's A lot of the research around mindfulness and wellness practices are showing that if you just do mindfulness, people actually get worse. So you find in the moment, but then people seem to be getting worse and worse in the day-to-day. So they're okay for a bit, but there's no sustainability. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm talking in general, and and we're seeing certain people where they actually get very traumatized by mindfulness because it brings up stuff, and then Mm -hmm. you don't know what to do with it. So you have to... You have to prepare the brain, and that's mindfulness. And you can use breathing, and you can use movement, and you can mm-hmm. use. Tap. There's many different ways of. And I talk about that in the book and my app, but then you've got to go beyond, and that's where the neurocycle comes in, which is in the second part of the book. And the neurocycle is the system that I've researched and developed over 38 years in a on a clinical. In a clinical application level on a clinical application yeah. level and scientific to help you go take the from the brain preparation, mindfulness, awareness into yeah. now management. So management is okay. So I've got this thought coming up. What do I do with it? Why do yes. I have the thought? Yes. How do I what is it doing to me? Should I change this? You know, where's it coming from? So it's the work of doing that, and it's it's a system, a five-step system, the neurocycle, to do that. So mind management is self-regulation, and you can do it because your mind's always working. Mm -hmm. You wake up with your mind, you go to sleep with your mind, you get dressed with your mind, you eat with your mind, you have this conversation with your mind. Your mind doesn't stop. You can go three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but you can't even go three seconds without your mind working, even at night. So at night, your mind is still working. So if you don't manage your mind, it's working anyway. So then it's working without management, which means it's a mess. So cleaning up your mental mess is how do I learn to self-regulate and manage my mind all the time. So that even when I go to sleep at night, it's still being managed. And that's a skill that you can develop and train in yourself. And every, every human needs it. So that's essentially some, you know, the neuro cycle is how you mind manage. And it's basically manage managing the moment. Okay. We're the big stuff and the small stuff. And we can unpack that.
0: And this is why we love you, Dr. Caroline Leaf, because you don't just talk about science. You don't just, you know give us the latest research, but what do we do with it that we exactly. can actually apply the knowledge you said in the book and I've written, I only have a digital copy of the book. And so I am oh, going need, nuts over get it. Get
1: the, the, I have the, pre-ordered the it.
0: It's on its way, but I ha- but wonderful. I was so excited to get any version of it from your publisher. So there was the part you talked about, we are becoming really good at gathering information yeah but not processing knowledge
1: absolutely oh i love the questions you're asking you're very insightful that's oh. such a key issue and that relates to that population study of people dying younger yeah. which is interesting because we the technological age has enabled us to have this phenomenal access unprecedented access to knowledge which is fantastic oh, it's wonderful but once again no one's teaching people how to manage the knowledge mm-hmm. so people are gathering the data but in the in just I'll take the most basic example. In the past, you would actually only have access to limited data so we would say so that's maybe stories or news articles so we would actually read them and think <laughs> about them and talk about <laughs> them now you can how many articles you can see a thousand different things in less than five minutes on Jeez. the same topic you and it. so you you're just scanning so we've got this like scanning thing and that's not enough we we, we designed mm. to scan gather but we also designed to say okay i'm going to choose this this and this and i'm going to think it through and yes. go to the depth and that is so important for brain health and brain resilience and if we don't do that and we just become data capturers we create toxicity in the brain and the body we, we create a whole disturbance of energy waves through the brain and the body and it puts us in a state of anxiety we actually That's go into right. this like and how it can create inflammation in the brain and the body so what do we do to fix that we need to get into brain well the the neuro cycle neurocycle. retrains mm. the neurocycle retrains you to become self-regulated in the moment mm-hmm. the moment in the finding the recognizing the big pattern is like a toxic trauma, or a, you know, you see patterns in your life. You see, I keep doing this in relationships, so I keep getting mm-hmm. upset about this. Or mm-hmm. I keep on. There's certain patterns we notice. Those patterns are telling you something about something that has an origin. It's not that you're mentally ill or your brain's yes. damaged. It's that you have had an experience that you haven't quite dealt with. So it's this is how you, your body is. This is how you, your mind, your body, how you are managing it, and that's manifesting in your behaviors. So you need to take that and change it because that's creating this vulnerability to disease. So that's the, the big stuff. Mm-hmm. And those come from the traumas and the mm-hmm. toxic thoughts. So we can use the neurocycle in summary in the moment-to-moment stuff. We can use it in the big stuff and we can use it in the brain building stuff. So that deep thinking to deal with this data man t- capturing. So in the book, I have a the first section in the second, the second half of the book teaches you what is the neurocycle, How does it work? Mm-hmm. How to do it very simplistically. Um, the first half of the book has got the clinical trial where I explain how, what happens when people did use it. Now we can talk a bit about that and also about the mental health system and the stuff we're talking about now, the data and mm-hmm. not processing and that research study and all that about people dying young and all that stuff. But in the the first half of the second part of the book, I have the brain building, neurocycling for brain building, which reteaches us how to think deeply and mm-hmm. changes the resilience of the brain. And in fact, it's so important that we that when I was working in clinical practice, when once I assessed my patients when they came in, the first thing we would do in therapy would be brain building. I would never go directly into trauma work or working on all the hard stuff until I had done brain building. So the thinking is first build brain and body resilience. So prepare mm-hmm. the brain so breathing. Um yeah. The different pre- brain, there's various different brain preparation exercises I would use. Then I would go into brain building to build, which is that you're using the neurocycle to learn information, to really think through, to understand it. Five steps, which would then build resilience into the brain and the body. And now you're in a state where you can then go and work on the hard stuff, like detoxing the traumas okay. or fixing the learning disability. So that whole program I've built into this in a very accessible way. And if we teach our kids from young how to brain build for schoolwork, you yes. say you're, laying, you're laying the foundation for taking the same five steps, and then you can teach them how to manage their emotions. So then they grow into adulthood, managing their emotions. And that's so important. I don't know if you're aware. I'm sure you've got kids. Do you have kids?
0: I have kids. They're young adults now.
1: Okay, so mine are young, young adults too. So now, are um, the millennials and down? So I have millennials and younger. It's the first generation of kids to have grown to grown up to have grown up drugged. So mm-hmm. especially from your Gen Z uh, X, I mean X down. So in other words, this is the first generation in history that has that has grown up literally drugged okay so obviously not my kids they don't they don't get that but i'm talking about psychotropics where every second child is on some kind of antidepressant or stimulant or something like that mm-hmm. first generation mm-hmm. so what we've done is we've created a generation where with the current statistics that are that are, and i'm not trying to bring it i'm going to these hope too but if we don't this is how serious this is yeah. if we if we don't watch it our kids will fall into that bracket of dying and 15, 8 to 25 younger than what they should, years mm-hmm. younger than what they should. So mm-hmm. currently people are dropping dead between 25 and 64 at the prime of their life. So people the workforce is losing workers and the kids are losing parents. And that's because of this whole mismanagement of mind. But mm-hmm. there's such hope. If we recognize that we've got to look back at the whole human, we've got to re-look at what mind is, bring our mind back into the game. Yes. We won't be fighting like we're fighting. The political fights, yes. the dissent, the yes. arguments, the 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 not, you know, people just being so adamant. That their way is their way or the highway. That it's so toxic. We've created yeah. such a toxic environment in this country yeah. that it's so damaging to, to the psyche of our children and our minds. And our that's why people so that's what people are battling with mismanagement of mind. So there yeah. isn't a pandemic in mental health. Come on. Mental health has always been a problem. A hundred percent of people, as I mentioned in the beginning, a hundred percent of people are battling with anxiety and depression, et cetera, and different to different levels. extensive extends war-torn country would be more whatever. So, but a hundred percent of people, what we have is a pandemic of mismanagement of mind, which mm-hmm. is leading to very poor decision-making and people that are get too much data, not thinking it through. When you don't think things through, you get into hurry sickness. If you're just capturing data and you don't build your brain, you're going to make wrong eating decisions. You're going to make wrong um, mm-hmm moving decisions. You're not going to move. Mm-hmm. You're going to be not managing your stress. You're just going to boomerang from one event in the day to the next and cumulatively over time, it's lack of sleep. A, and, and so you can go take all the wellness techniques and take, I'm going to take this tablet for sleeping. I'm going to do this exercise. But then your mind's still not right. And as I yeah. said right in the beginning, you're going to lose 80% of the benefits of all that great new program you're doing if you don't get your mind right. So it's like step number one.
0: <laughs> wow. And, and your, your book... Your neurocycle really is not just, you know, 2 Corinthians 10 talks about take all your thoughts captive, but you talk about put them on trial. I've mentioned that too. Wh- putting them through the neurocycle takes the thought and then says, I have to examine this and apply the knowledge that I know what is true. What is objectively true? What is God's word? saying?" Exactly. Can I transition you to that? How as a Absolutely. faith community that we are, where, where is the importance of God's word?
1: Well, I think what's most important is that we recognise that we mustn't get stuck on um, any. We need to get look at the big picture. We need to look at God as God, and God is this huge. I love to talk about Godness because I think we try and reduce God down to, and God is love. And so we've got to look at love. So I'm going to come at this from a scientific angle and, and uh, and a philosophical angle and a spiritual angle. So we, we see neurobiologically that the brain and body are wired for love. That means that we don't have any structures in our design to handle toxicity. What we only have is um, stuff that is all all our brain and body is designed for um, healthy stuff, for healthy thinking. And man, and, managing toxic thinking so we have accommodation in our brain and our body now this is so key for um managing and i'm going to hold up two and i'll explain what these are in a moment basically disease represent that's a green tree and a toxic tree and these would represent thoughts we wired for love we wired for survival and that's this this is not survival so but but if i am Recognizing if I'm mindful of and I start managing this, I even if I haven't finished managing, because it takes cycles of 63 days to unwire these and rewire these in the in the brain and the mind, even just the mere fact that I'm saying, okay, I don't suppress it, I acknowledge. Mm. I don't just put a I don't just pop a scripture on as a band-aid yes. and use God as a genie. I actually acknowledge this and I work through it exactly like yeah. Jesus did in the garden. Get in the garden mm. and embrace, face your Come stuff, on. sweat yeah. blood. It gets worse before it gets better. You're gonna go, you know, and that's the concept here. Now, in our current day and age, this, ooh, bad, suppressed with a drug yes. or suppressed with scriptures. And if it doesn't go away, you don't have enough faith, condemnation, guilt. Oh. And so now you have another layer and another. Right. And no wonder people are dying younger. You, yeah. you, This this is so real. This is so real that if we don't deal with these things and we've got plenty, if we're not managing these and we've got plenty from the past, if you look over the forest of the mind, there's a whole lot of these. And if they're unmanaged, nothing is going to all be solved. This may take you years to solve, but just the mere fact that you acknowledge and you start managing, start shifting brain health. But if you suppress mm. in any way, whether it's with a scripture or a positive affirmation or mm. pure denial, you are going to increase the vulnerability of your brain and your body by 75 to 98% mm. to disease. And that's why people are dying younger. If we don't manage our mind, we don't care about exercise. Or if we're doing the exercise, we're losing most of the benefit of it. That's yeah. just, I'm talking, we not we can yeah. have all the wellness knowledge, all the yes. sermons, it's not going to work. So what we have to recognize is that our survival is to manage these because life is one big experiment. We have this beautiful nature that allows us to experiment god is not this harshness godness Mm -hmm. is love it's accepting so therefore i wake up in the morning and i'm experiencing life eight to ten i'm going to you and i all of us are going to experience somewhere between eight to ten thousand events today that's on average what a human experiences. every event or experience is converted by the mind Mm -hmm. which is which is around and through the body into the brain as these thoughts which look like Mm -hmm. trees Mm -hmm. you also store that the eight those eight to 10,000 events from your process by your mind into your brain, but also into your body. So they yes. go into there as trees. They go into your DNA, and they go into your mind, which is a gravitational force around and through your body. And this is nothing weird. This is Einstein's research. Yes. This is gravitational mm. fields. This quantum is quantum physics. physics. Mm-hmm. This is this is stuff that is. And I explain this in my books. I've done this research for years. Um, we we not floating at the moment because of gravitational fields. Mm-hmm. And each of us we live in gravitational fields, which is the force and energy of, of God's love. Honestly, That's it's right. how it's the how two of how the world works and we also every human has their own unique gravitational field which is the mm. mind and that that if you're dead there's no gravitational field there because this disintegrates but when you're alive it's keeping it alive mm. so mind is that mind is the aliveness so mm. we process and think feel choose through the mind so way the way we process think feel choose affects the gravitational fields which affects the brain which affects the body so therefore that's the mess that you've got to clean up but the beauty of this design is that is the acknowledgement is already changing and shifting the field so here's the yeah. thing I, I acknowledge um, I, um, let's say that you read an email before you go to bed and it upsets you and suddenly you, and you don't deal with it and you have a terrible night you wake up the next day you go do your fasted workout you come back fasted workout you go come back and eat your super healthy organic meal but you're still upset you've lost 80% of the fasted workout 80% of that organic meal you've lost the nutrition and you in and your vulnerability of your body is in a state of high Inflammation, which means yep. that you are seventy, you're in that state of vulnerability of seventy-five to ninety percent greater chance of, res- of being susceptible to some sort of virus. The moment with COVID going around, you do not want your body in that state. Our yeah. primary defense against any illness, and in controlling illness that is that is in our body, and healing is our mind. And mm. I and I totally am for medicine. I'm, I am totally for the biomedical model. Um, I was going into neurosurgery. I've done part medicine in my degree. I work with neurosurgeons and scientists and medical people but that works for the brain and the body but that's driven by the mind so we have to have one set of rules which is medicine for the body we have to have another set of rules for the mind which drives the brain and the body and that's where I come in with my work with the the concept of the neurocycle we have to manage our mind to create environments of health in our brain and our body so that we can actually then break cycles from the past move into how we're going to work in the future etc etc so that's kind of how I would explain that process so when you neurocycle, just to really take this one step further, sorry, Go. just this will no. make sense.
0: Yeah. When,
1: you, when you neurocycle, you access that wisdom, that wired for love. I have a book called The Perfect You where I talk yes. about this wired yeah. for love mode, okay? So when I talk about the wise mind or this, the wired for survival or wired for love or optimism bias, I'm talking about the perfect you nature. And I'm mm. talking about the fact that when we, we all instinctively have that in us. So we have been designed and created that. We wake up in the morning. We experience these eight to ten thousand events. We convert them into these thoughts, and a lot of the time we do a, make a mess. It's very experimental. We don't quite know, mm. but now here's the key: we either just carry on doing this and living with this, mm. and sometimes hitting that, getting it right, and sometimes not, or we manage it. Okay, mm. So it's, ha- it's happening anyway. So either we just live like mainly this and just a bit of this, or we live with these two, but we see these and we fix them. And the, wow. latter, the latter is how we then, we. it takes time to fix these, but the latter then shifts us into changing the environment of our body. Yes. So as soon as I say, okay, I access my wise mind, my white for survival, I recognize I'm irritated. I recognize I'm upset. I recognize I'm depressed a lot. I recognize I'm anxious. Those are not illnesses. They're warning signals that something's going on. I am mindful. I start self-regulation. I start gathering. The minutes I do that, the millisecond I do that, your 1,400 neurophysiological responses in your brain and your body will start working for you instead of against you. Mm-hmm. But if I say, oh, that's bad, I must take my medication. Oh, that's bad, I must suppress it with, quickly say 10 scriptures. Oh, it's gone. It hasn't gone away. Come it's on. still there. You're using yeah. God as a genie. You're using those scriptures as a band-aid or a magic yeah. potion. It's the positive affirmation. You ca- you have to deal with this stuff. So you have to shift into that and that mode is that shift when you do that as soon as i say okay i accept this this is okay this is part of my humanity i've experimented i've made a mess i got irritated when i shouldn't have got irritated i i see that i'm not going to deny it let me work out why let me fix it that instead of saying oh gosh i got irritated and then pretending it didn't happen and then being defensive when someone comes to you and says you got irritated that just makes it worse it's own it and then fix it that's mindful mind management. See, it's self-regulation and beyond. It's mindfulness and beyond. When you do that, everything works for you. 1,400 neurophysiological responses will work for you in that moment, which is very powerful.
0: And this is when I just think this connection of what we're experiencing in real life, but yet our connection to a God who says, Nothing, you know, nothing's impossible. In this world, you will have trouble. All these things that we read that this is who Jesus must have been. He must have been so integrated, mind, heart, soul, strength, that he he could take the reality of what hurt, what was really happening, the rejection, this being spit on, the people, you know, condem- walking Absolutely. away from him, all of that. that, but he also could feel it, but then would always come to a higher place of recognizing, worshiping God, remembering, choosing life, not death, blessing, not curse. Like, I just think he, I'm just curious as to how, why are we not, I just want the the whole church, like, because I'm like, I think Christians in general, we should be the healthiest mentally, emotionally, spiritually people as we apply the knowledge of God, as we actually do the work. And that's why your book, In Working Through a neurocycle can help people to really take their faith, what they know is true, their core value of who they are um, in a body they've been given that has real pain hurts, you know, tells it, you know, they might believe it's overweight or not fit enough, whatever, all those things that they feel in the fluctuations that they can actually bring it through and take a thought captive and work it out to what is true. What is noble? What is praiseworthy? What is excellent? What are the things we have to think about? What are these things? I just get so excited and go the whole I mean, I think the whole world needs this message, but primarily, come on, believers in God! Like, let's actually become the living word, not just consumers of the word.
1: And what's so important about what you've just said is that, um, that the tr- the mental health in the uh, this it's it's terrible within the church. We get thousands of emails mm. and DMs from people that are saying, "I believe in God, but I." still depressed and I feel so guilty and and churches that are not allowing people to express their emotions like things like you know the word of faith movement is oh don't say that you feel sick just say that you that's just denial you know it's not it's it's, it's, it's suppression is denial and that is an insult to what God has done and I always my answer to that is always to say go look at the story of Jesus we don't Mm. look at Jesus sufficiently and if you look at and, and I mean I speak to people of all faiths and I speak in all communities and I speak to the world and I use the story of Jesus a lot because Everyone knows the story of Jesus in the garden, but it's the perfect model of mental health because we see that Jesus... Embraced. We see that Jesus went in the garden to face this incredible burden Mm. that only Jesus could face. All of us are going to have multiple burdens that Mm. we only we can fix. No one can fix us. We have to, but you can't fix by suppressing. There was no suppression in the model that Jesus that Jesus gave us. He got in the garden. He sweated blood, which showed. And you can have that. If you are stressed enough, your brain and body, you can burst blood capillaries, and your sympathetic and you know your, your autonomic nervous system can function in such a way that you your heart can pump enough blood into and your capillaries can burst. So that shows the mind body integration. So there's hardcore scientific mind body integration happening in the garden. Every experience that we as humans can experience, every emotion from the bipolar, the schizophrenia, broken mind, those are all emotions. They're not illnesses. Mm. They're not it's depression, anxiety, frustration, despair, all of those Jesus made it acceptable for us to experience those as warning signals of something mm. that's going on in our life right. and experience them. So it's face them. You can't, you have to embrace them. You have to process them. You have to reconceptualize them. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. And so, you know, Jesus got beaten and then Jesus went to the cross. But in that process, just before Jesus got beaten, he turned to the disciples and said, can you just be with me for about an hour? And that's so significant of our current coaching therapy mm. movement. We need we need counseling, coaching therapy. We need all of it. But you can't fix anyone else. And and we've become a nation and a world and a community of someone else has got to fix you. And you go to counseling and someone whacks the scripture on, pass the buck prayer, say yeah. those scriptures, say it 10 times. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you've got to get yeah. to the core issue. You've got to get out the Come dirty. You've got to get in that garden and pour it all out and stop making someone feeling guilty if they feel that because that's how they feel. It's their reality. It's validation. And yeah. then you can fix it. If you don't get it out, it stays there. And we have to allow ourselves to process and we've also got an issue the church only four percent of the church talks about mental health and when they do it's to say it's a disease Mm. and that you must go to a doctor Mm. and that's not what should be Mm. happening Mm. um, at all and um the the other thing is only three percent of leaders across all communities whether it's government education church um uh, uh, corporate only 3% of leaders are actually talking about mental health. And that's because of the scary narrative currently today that mental health is a scary illness and it's not. So everyone should be talking about it because if you're human, you have got mental health issues. If you're human, you've got a mental mess. (laughs) And if you're alive and human, so all of us, if we leveled the playing field, so it's like this: if you go to a dinner party and there's a whole group of you, and someone walks, opens up at the table, and says, "Oh, I have a neurobiological brain disorder, or I have a neuropsychiatric brain disorder, I have clinical depression," everyone will go quiet, and everyone will go shame mm. that person, and and everyone's thinking oh, they're sick, they could do something weird, they're weird. I better kind of keep my kids away from them. Why don't? Mm. One? But if I had, if that person said. Hey guys, I had the most terrible, terrible last week and this happened and that happened. And as that was happening, so many flashbacks came and I suddenly saw this and this and this. What's everyone going to do? They're going to lean in and they're going to connect with you. They're going to support you. And we've now broken, we've broken the ice. So you've gone from, it's the same person, two different narratives. The one narrative is destructive. And that's what, that's what I said in the beginning. It's causing people to die eight to 25 years younger. The other narrative is I'm allowing myself to be human. I'm getting it out. When I get it out neuroscientifically, we know that these branches immediately weaken, but if I suppress it, they're stronger. When it's out, it's malleable. When it's in, it's not malleable. Mm-hmm. I can change. I'm designed to change, but I have to be mindful and then go beyond mindfulness to do the changing, mm-hmm. which is what the neuro does. So when I do that, that's, that is that is. What all humans need to do. That's what we need to tell our kids to do. Our kids are sad. If you notice their behaviors changing, mm-hmm. don't invalidate them. Don't say, oh, that's not such a bad thing. It yeah. may not be for you, but for your child, it's huge. Yeah. You your child, I see you sad. Can I help you? Do you want to play with them? If they're very yeah. young, it'll, it'll come out somewhere. We've got to allow our kids to, don't just go in and the other, uh, sorry, I broke up my sentence. The other day, just recently, someone approached me and was telling me, I get this all the time. It was just one of many different cases that, that, um, of emails and conversations of a, um, a, someone who was extremely depressed. Um, their daughter had been, was extremely depressed. And in fact, this was, uh, this was quite a while back. Um, I'm going to, I'm actually going to jump to another story of a, of a patient of mine in my, in my practice yes. of, a, of a, a, a person who was uh, protect all their name and everything. Their daughter was very depressed and their daughter had, they, they discovered that it was from sexual trauma mm. and this was to her life had just like, gone on hold and very depressed, flatline, and they didn't know what to do, what they had been doing. The father was a pastor. And with good intentions, they were basically just, you know, throwing scripture, Bible (laughs) Mm-hmm. And no processing was happening, mm-hmm. and this child was getting worse and worse. And the mother came and said that she's like now rejecting the father. The father doesn't want anything to do with the father because you know that's. And, and I said, well, the reason is that you're trying to slap a bandit on that. That that's just the worst thing you can do. We've got to get out of this philosophy that you can just chuck words on. You have to allow her to go through and experience the love of God, which goes to the question you asked earlier on. Waking a script. I know that father loved that daughter, and I know the intentions were good, but that was an example of how we've be taken legalism to its extreme and said well you must take this and this must fix you words don't fix you love fixes you and it's and and love and, and love is getting in the garden and love mm. is crying and sweating mm. blood and and being supportive and and getting worse before you get better because as you see the roots of the story because these are toxic thoughts that we build into our brain they're real things we build them into our brain through our mind and they have this, this the roots are that this thought is 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 a thought made of memories these are the root memories these this is the Origin story. These, this is the abuse. This is the trauma. Yeah. This is um, this is how you experience the trauma. The yeah. branches. So these are memories. These are memories. One thought's made of all these different these root memories and these behavioral and emotional memories. And this manifests in your life. So initially, you might suppress it and be okay, but then at some point, it explodes. In this particular patient, the depression was had manifested. It first started with behavior, with schoolwork, and that's where they came to. This child was backing to learn, really mm. backing to learn. And this was a good mm. academic student. Mm-hmm. And so we that we thought that that was just a signal that was just a behavioural, right. yeah. and then the depression started, yep. and so we so once and then so what, as you we work through, that. we found that. yeah so that there that there, there's an example of where the scripture at that point was not the right thing to do the the yeah. support of loving let what happen yeah. I see I see your pain I hear yeah. you talk yes. to me cry yes. with them don't try and fix support and let a person you know. It, let a person tell you as they need help. I don't know. I mean, I'm going into isn't, the whole sort of therapeutic isn't that why thing. So you
0: mentioned this in your book too, like story, people's story. That 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 yeah. that, that is ultimately that's key. That's key.
1: That's Tends key. To, that's this. That's this and this. Mm-hmm. This is what happened to me. This is my perspective, and yeah. this is this is how it's come Symptoms. out in my behaviors. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, this is coming my behaviors in my emotions, and that generates the warning signals. So the depression and the um, the bad academic status, or the and the pain in the gut, and the yeah. um, not wanting to live. That yeah. is that. Is, those are the warning signals of these of these. And if you dig deeper, then you can analyze those warning, get more detail, and you can then go through and reflect on why, and then you can do the writing and the rechecking and the active reach go through the whole neuro cycle to find this but it's not going to happen in one day it's going to take
0: three days everyone takes in the days. community, 21 days begins the change right yeah, it Begins. it ahead. does
1: it starts the neuroplastic changes yeah but so it, it takes
0: not set
1: until. no no And we've been told for years and it's a complete myth that 21 days is Mm -hmm. how we, that's how we need to build a habit. It's not. It takes 63 days Mm -hmm. because it takes, and and it takes 63, 21 days to identify, to be mindful, to prepare the brain, Mm -hmm. to go through the whole five-step process. And you do that daily for, for 15 to 45 minutes for 21 days. Mm. More or less more or less three weeks. You know, give it take a couple of days. Mm. And that then deconstructs this and reconstructs it into a healthy version. Where if you look closely, there's dark leaves and light leaves. The light leaves are your story, but now reconceptualized. It's like mm. if you buy if you buy an ugly old house and you renovate it. You take photos of the ugly old house, you bash it down, you build a new house. Here's the new house and that's what it used to look like. So you've changed how it plays out into your future. You've created a new mental space. You still cry, you still sad it's still terrible but you've changed the power play you control it it doesn't own you you've cut the ties you've released from the source so now you can move into the future with this being your testimony or whatever if you want to in terms of but you've converted that and that's the that takes 21 days but now it's only this big mm-hmm. like a new baby plant mm-hmm. so it's not strong and it's not a habit yet it hasn't been automatized mm-hmm. so there's a lot of neurobiology and, and mind stuff that has to happen and mind brain integration that has to happen to turn this into something that's strong and enough to impact behavior change and that takes an additional or um, basically 42 days mm-hmm. and that in that 42 days you just do one step so for the first 21 days you do all five steps and that mm-hmm. takes 15 to 45 minutes but from day 22 to 40 to 63 mm-hmm. which is 42 days which is another six weeks is going to you just do step five and that takes about a minute a day so it's not that's a lot awesome. but that's, that's where you that's where you see behavior change so in my in my clinical trial and i'll end with kind of just quickly end this with this if you, if people, I uh, hope people go and get the book. It's available wherever yes. books are sold because I mean, yes. this, it is life. It's not because I've written it because if you don't get your mind right, nothing else is right. Nothing. So, right?
0: we can do all like, the fitness, drink the green juice, try and make all the behavior modifications, but nothing.
1: No. So in order for them to really benefit from what you're teaching and your brilliant work that you do, they need to get their mind right. I mean, this yes. is part of, so um, this is now looking inside the brain. So in my, in my trial, clinical trial, we looked in the brain, we looked at blood, we looked at psychological medicine we looked at the narrative the most important thing the person's story so this is looking in the brain and looking at how the brain is responding to what the person is thinking and feeling and choosing so to mind so we look at different waves delta theta alpha beta gamma Mm -hmm. which also give us insight into oxygen and blood flow and harmony coherence between the two sides of the brain and how the brain is connecting and all this fancy stuff and which then impacts the body and the dna okay Mm -hmm. so this particular person at day one had a what we call a blue brain, which means very flatline, very low oxygen, low energy, flatline. If you think of the sea, you get big waves out at sea and then as you move in, they get a little bit smaller and then eventually they build to, uh, to the white breaker. They have the crest and then they crash on crash. the beach and they form little ripples and then they get sucked back in. The little ripples would be gamma. The, the white crest crashing is, high, is would be high beta. The build up would be beta. Mm. Going in deeper would be theta and del- delta. So now what we want is we want that kind of wave flow across both sides of the brain. Cool. That's the gray brain. Okay. This person at day 21 was saying things like, I am clinical depression. That was their identity. Mm. They, mm. they tried all the medications, the therapies, they, their relationships were offline. They said, I, I can't work properly. I can't concentrate. I can't keep a relationship going. I'm unhappy. I hate life. Life sucks. So their narrative was we, they didn't. They, mm-hmm. It was just all about how terrible life was. Mm-hmm. We put them onto the neurocycle, mm-hmm. so they were. This person was part of the experimental group. This person's inflammation levels in their body were terrible. Their DNA, the telomeres, which oh, look mm-hmm. at which look at your mental health in terms of um, how you're managing your mind, etc., mm-hmm. and they were very short, which and 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 um very weak, which meant that their, biolo- bi- their biological age was nearly thirty years older than their actual age. So they were in their thirties, but had a sickly a sickly 60 65-year-old body. I mean, already that's the whole environment of the body was inflamed, yes. sickly mess environment. They were vulnerable to disease by 75 to 98% and increased vulnerability. Okay. Mm. So now all they get no therapy for me. This is all blinded. They don't know me. They simply mm. get the NeuroCycle app in app version. And there's an app that goes with this. Yes. It's called the NeuroCycle app and it's available on Google and iTunes. So it's a great compliment to the book. Where it's, all, it's like me giving therapy. They go on that. They use it themselves for 21 days. They get all this testing, come back in on day 21 and their brain that. is gray and that, and then the green at the top shows that the identity is changing. So by day 21, they're saying, I'm not clinical depression. They say that doesn't exist. I, depression is a warning signal of an underlying issue. I recognize that my behaviors and my body symptoms were called were, were from an orig, a, a origin story. And so that's where they, they went from, I am depression to I'm depressed because of by day 63, yes. By day sixty-three, we see also grey, even more grey, which shows now behaviour change. So not only are they saying, "I'm not depression," but I recognise that depression is a warning signal. When depression yeah. comes, which it will, sure. I know why and I know what to do. And so then now they're back at work, they're sleeping twenty-five percent more, which is still not one hundred percent yet, but it's they weren't sleeping. So now there's yeah. um, at three weeks there was twenty-five percent improvement. By by six, by nine weeks, it had dramatically improved from that as well. They behave; they were back at work, back in relationships, back sleeping. Functioning and so recognizing great. it's okay to be depressed. Here in here over the page, I have, and I have lots of these kind of graphs in the book with case studies. There, you see a red brain down the bottom, a lot yeah. of different colors. This shows someone in a highly anxious state. This was someone in the in the experiment, in the control group. They didn't get the neurocycle, but mm-hmm. they got all the testing. So they were made mm-hmm. aware to come to our first question: awareness. Right, mm-hmm. They were mindful, they were aware, they had all the <laughs> psychological testing. In fact, I've developed a validation scale that can, uh, can you can track how aware. Person is, and um, we and, and and that person. The awareness was like high level, and so that they had the awareness, but no mind management. Their mm-hmm. story was their story at the beginning yeah. was disastrous, and it so by the end of the study they were worse. They it had worse. There was, So we had to, we obviously gave them the neurocycle as soon as the study was over and then things started reversing. But that just shows you, I did this to demonstrate that this is very real. You're going to, and your brain and your body and your mind, your non-conscious mind are, are experiencing the changes before you're consciously aware. You know, so this is why I mean this is this is not optional. This is this is yeah. that you this is why I've written this book is to to put into people's hands that you can you live with yourself 24-7. You may go to therapy or workout or counseling or coaching, but that's part of your week. It's that's an hour right. here and an hour there. What are you doing with yourself the rest of the day, the rest of the week? So anyway, so that's this what this
0: will change. You guys, your parenting, as you oh, are yeah. showing up to work, as you show up as a student, a learner. Which I hope we're always continuing to learn and anything you know, new things continue to challenge our minds. Be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. All of this is so good for us. Oh my god, I, I just. promise me your next book revelation wellness put us on your thing because i just cannot get enough time with you in all all the knowledge and wisdom you have for us thank you so much before you go can i ask three rapid fire questions just absolutely what comes off your mind um your favorite way to move your body
1: oh i love um, orange theory and hot yoga
0: I, by the way, I listened to the podcast or the YouTube of you and your daughter getting in an argument before oh, yes, you went yeah, in, and, and how I did, and how I did you my
1: neurocycle. Both yes. of us,
0: <laughs> you guys, she did the neurocycle. I'll put it on yes. the show notes. She did the neurocycle while it, it, working out, and and with, and that was it. She tapped into her it, body, much it. like you guys were doing do yeah. here. It accesses but, you can access uh, get accessible to these thoughts and. Clean them up fast before exactly. You and make a transfer
1: exactly. I transferred that toxic energy. Both of us did, and within five minutes on the on the treadmills, we were looking at each other, smiling. I mean, it was and it was a race at the end of the class to say who could say sorry first. You know, so that's it
0: was, the best. That's the yeah. gospel. That's like I think that's what God's like. Let's bring more of that on Earth. Let's do that. Yeah, in,
1: absolutely. That's so love. Good.
0: Okay. And then um,
1: coffee, tea or kombucha. What's coffee. Your coffee is God's juice. I live <laughs> on coffee. I have all I carry, I, organic coffee. I carry it around in my little pink mug all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. And finally your favorite pair of yoga pants or line of a workout wear that clothing that you're like. That's my that's my my jam. That's what I like to put on.
1: Oh yeah, which which is my favorite? Favorite, what brand, you? like
0: favorite yoga pants or brand. Like where do you get your yoga clothes? I actually get them for clothes. Uh,
1: my oh local yoga studio, I don't know what the brand is, but they're amazing. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what the, the Lululemon I love, but there's another new brand I found that's even nicer, but I don't know what it's called. i have okay. to <laughs> always, we're always just looking for the latest finds. So. Oh, yeah, I found some amazing ones. So, and I, I, do you want me to tell them where they can get the book? And, yes. Tell okay. Them. So, so the book's available now. It's it was released yesterday, second of March, and it's available wherever books are sold. So you just go to wherever books are sold, Amazon, whatever, get your copy. And um, also, it's if you go to my Instagram handle Dr. Caroline Leaf, which is also Facebook and um, obviously Twitter, all the social media. Obviously, from there you can get access to everything. And then I have a podcast called Cleaning Up Your Mental. Yes. You as well do. so I listen yeah. to it
0: every week and I, I'm telling you, you guys put it on your roster all of this is such good stuff
1: thank you so much I thank appreciate you. that well I hope you. we talk again sometime it'll be wonderful
0: I, I hope so too I really do wonderful
1: thanks, thanks. so much
0: thank you so much